This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex. If you are looking for somewhere to get your vitamins and supplements, vitamins for your kids, or protein powder, look no further than Prevenex. They have a Joint Health Plus supplement that not only relieves joint pain, it also protects your joints so that you can have longevity in the sport of running or whatever activity you enjoy doing. I'm a big fan of their Neurofi Plus protein powder as well. We make smoothies with it every day here. You got to go check out Prevenex. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER, and that will get you 15% off your order. That's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER, and that will get you 15% off your order. Today on the podcast, you're listening to episode 306, and I'm talking with Mel Charbonneau. Mel is the co-founder of the National Women's Running Company, Fellow Flowers, which aims to honor, share, and celebrate the reasons behind why women run. She's passionate about building community and helping other people tell their story. She's an entrepreneur, a writer, an artist, a storyteller, and she is going to have you feeling motivated at the end of this conversation. Well, if you're anything like me, she's going to have you feeling like that. She is definitely an encourager. And some exciting news, the Fellow Flowers, headed up by Mel, has their first women's race series happening. The race will take place on Saturday, June 12th, 2021, with a 10K, a 5K, and a one-mile course. This year, the race is virtual, but you will not have to race alone unless that's your preference. From virtual teams inspired by the Fellow Flowers signature flowers to small group meetups on race day, there will be a lot of opportunities for connection and support leading up to and on race day. You can learn more. They have an Instagram page made to move race and definitely check it out. I think that once you hear Mel's story, you'll be motivated to want to participate in this event. All right, friends, if you're loving the show, please consider leaving us a quick rating and review. That is super helpful and new listeners finding us. And if you are looking for additional episodes from me, additional content, you can find that on my other podcast called Why Is Everyone Yelling? It's a podcast about parenting-related topics. And we have the Illuminate podcast as well that I co-host on every once in a while. And then we also have a Patreon page that brings you episodes every single Wednesday. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash Hine. All right, friends. Well, I hope that you really enjoy this conversation with Mel Charbonneau. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Mel Charbonneau on the show. Welcome to the show, Mel. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, I feel like it's kind of overdue. I've been doing this podcast <laughs> for about five years now, and you've been running your business, Fellow Flowers, for a long time. When did you launch Fellow Flowers? 
We launched Fellow Flowers back in 2012. It's wow. been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh. So much to get into there. It's like 2012 was really when Instagram and like the whole social media entrepreneur life kind of started. It Yes. And I, I always joke about like how we started because it was a group of, there were, um, 14 of us and we were training for a half marathon. And at that time, like Facebook groups didn't exist. Mm. So we communicated via email. Mm -hmm. Like that's how long ago this all started was women just connecting and talking about running through email. (laughs) Makes me feel a little old. Well, you know, one of my one of my biggest role models is Deb Gardner, who has been on this podcast before. She came on when her and her husband were riding their bikes across the country at the age of 60, which as I get older, I'm like, that's not that old, Lindsay. Um, (laughs) But she always, and she's a lifelong runner, and she always talks about, you know, like when she was my age and running with her girlfriends, when her kids were really little. And it's like, there has been this like, community of women who have been doing this for a very long time but we just didn't always see it or hear about it because social media didn't exist that's a really that's a very good point and I we always talk about that very same thing that women have been running with you know groups of women with their, you know, best friend, with their neighborhood, you know, their running groups. We've been doing this for, for, I mean, as long as women have been running. Right. And yes, I think social media has allowed us to find each other. Mm -hmm. But I think from a, from my viewpoint with fellow flowers, you know, we introduced these messages and kind of Mm. mantras and reasons why women get out there and run. And, you know, all of these reasons come from conversations with other women and you just start to see these repeating themes and these repeating reasons that women get out there and, and go for these runs and just move their bodies. So we always say like the reasons have always been out there as well. And when we kind of stepped in, we just gave women the language. We gave women kind of this way of connecting with other women who were out there running for similar reasons. And that has been kind of the the essence and the foundation, I would say, of what we we kind of wanted to bring into the running space, the stories, like the reasons why women are out there doing all of this training and racing and moving. We put words and kind of these universal truths to why women get out there. Okay. So you mentioned it was you and 12 other ladies. Were these just women that you met through, you know, going to the gym or work or you knew through college? What did those relationships look like? Yeah. This is also like, this is the essence of how women do things, right? So it was myself and 13 other women. And how it started was uh, my friend Tori asked, you know, and again, at the time, put it out via email to a large group of her, just women in her life that she knew through many different kind of circles and just said, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon on my birthday. And 
I would love if anybody wants to train and do this with me as part of kind of the celebration of my birthday. And we all lovingly joked with her because we're like, oh, so my gift to you (laughs) is is I'm going to, you know, train for three months of my life and then show up at a race and run it with you. But like the power of friendship and the power of women supporting women. I mean, there were 13 of us that were like, yep, we're in, we're in, we're doing it, we're doing it. And that also, I think, speaks to the just the power of running and friendships as well. So we all did not know each other. I mean, we knew Tori was kind of this, the, this, you know, the, the wheel, and we were all, you know, the spokes of it. And I think that's also important because we connected around you know, just the the stories that we were sharing. And when we would write to each other via email about our training runs, you know, we would talk about like, yeah, I ran five miles, but here's why I needed those miles. Mm. And here's the kind of day I had. And here's what I was thinking about. And so even though we didn't have this long history together, we built it really, really quick because we were so immediately honest with each other about what those miles meant for us personally. And when I look back at that and that initial experience with those women, it was our stories that connected us. And then, you know, myself and, and just being a person who I think was realizing that I needed something more professionally and I needed to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I was just recognizing how powerful it was when we shared our stories and how that really connected the, the joy of getting out there and running. And that was kind of the, the spark for me of recognizing there was maybe more to this and thinking that maybe more women needed some like a space like what we had created. And so what what does the big picture fellow flowers look like? Do you all have groups meeting around the country that are part of the greater fellow flowers group? Yeah, so at, at its essence, like if if someone says what is fellow flowers, I say it's the intersection of movement and story. Mm. It's the intersection of you moving your body and the story that comes from that in your life. And and the ripple effects in every aspect of who you are as a woman are felt because you connect the story of who you are with the movement that you give your body. So fellow flowers, you know, we run uh, many of the women who are part of fellow flowers tuck a little flower into their ponytails and and we have 13 different colors of flowers that you can tuck in your ponytail and these colors all have meanings behind them so I can walk up to you Lindsay at a race and if you had a yellow flower in your hair I would know that you are running. Yeah, I would know that you're running because you get to and that you appreciate sunshine and you're just grateful to be out there and you smile for a reason. I would know that about you because of the flower color that you're wearing. Now, if you saw me and you saw that I was wearing a dark pink flower, that stands for me believing that I'm worth it, that I am 
standing in my power and I'm just owning who I am and, and ultimately that I'm worthy of the time it takes to train and the time and effort it takes to go out there and race. So we've created a language for women based on these flowers and the colors that they are. And we never actually have to say a word because the flowers speak for themselves. So do you actively, when you go to a race, not that anybody's going to races right now. (laughs) Right. I know. But do you actively look for flowers? Yes. And it's one of, it's one of my favorite things to hear the stories that come from women who show up at a race by themselves and, you know, first of all, you have to be a little brave to put a flower in your hair because if someone doesn't understand what it means, they could kind of be like, what's with the flower? (laughs) But, you know, when you show up and you've got that flower tucked in your ponytail and then you see another woman who you don't know, who also has a flower tucked in her ponytail, like you can go up to her and just like tap her on the shoulder. And there is an immediate, like, I see you, I've got you go get it. Like, I know, I know a part of your story now. And like, I support you in these miles. And I personally fangirl so many women at races. Uh, Whenever I see a woman who's running and she has a flower in her hair, like I'm the first one to go up and be like, Oh my gosh, it's so great to see you. And, and there are friendships that have come from women finding each other on race courses Uh, There's countless stories of how women have supported each other simply because of this little symbol that's tucked in a woman's ponytail or visor or race belt or shoe. I mean, you can kind of clip them on anywhere. Yeah, I love that, you know, on your Instagram and I'm sure it's all over your website. It's like your one of your your messages. You are a story worth telling. Yes, it's you know. People like to talk about themselves. I always say this. I'm like, one of the best things my mother-in-law ever did in her life was um, she always asked so many questions and she always made you feel so important. Like always asking about your family and, and how work was going and all this. And it's it's it was looking back, I'm like, that was always, that was so intentional. You know, yeah. she's doing that because people like to talk about their stories. It feels good. It's therapeutic. But I think a lot of people are scared to or they're embarrassed or they don't think it's worth telling or why would you want to hear from me, which, you know, is one of the things I love about hosting a podcast is I love hearing other people share something that they might have not even realized they needed to share or wanted to share until the conversation unfolds. Oh, yes. I, I, there's so much here. There's so much here. Uh, I fully believe that every woman is a story worth telling. And I also believe that every woman's story should, you know, she's worthy of telling it. I, I run into that so often where there's an assumption that the story has to be big or, or poignant or, or remarkable or this high achievement, you know, peace that then they can share their story. And I have found, and you probably have felt this too. It's the opposite. It's, it's these everyday moments with, you know, women who perceive themselves to just be going about their day and going through life. It's those moments and the reflection of how those little tiny everyday moments 
and decisions and paths we take and how that then kind of weaves into who we become, that is time and time again, the good stuff always. Yeah. I, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends about this too, because in the world we live in with all the glamorous stuff being in our faces, you know, if we spend time on online, um, it's like, that's really not 95% of us. That's, that's not. And so it, it, it oftentimes can make you feel like your story is unimportant or you're not doing enough. And one of my really close friends, um, she's a stay-at-home mom and she loves being a stay-at-home mom, but it's also really hard. And mm-hmm. she talks about like, you know, wanting to find this like place of contentment where it's like, just because like, like Sarah and Megan and Lindsay have this like crazy side hustle. Like I don't have to have a side hustle. I don't have to do that. This is my story. This is what I'm doing right now. And it's just as meaningful. It's just different. Yes. Yes. And I, I love talking about this in, in kind of this setting of, I think we're, we're trained, we're, we're told that we have to compare our stories to each other, the bigness of them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, how it looks on news feeds and all of that. And if we as women decide we're done with the comparison game, I'm done measuring my story to your story. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to step in and, and live as courageously authentic as possible. I think if we can turn comparison into awe, that's mm. that's the goal, right? We are we should be in awe of each other and how we how we step into our stories and and how we live lives that are aligned with who we want to be. And rather than comparing, we just sit in awe of all that women are capable of and we celebrate each woman who's running her own race in her way with her pace which with what feels good for her that's how we change the conversation. But we need enough of us to kind of step in and change that narrative and also change the idea that what we share has to be polished and perfect. I think I I have enjoyed following more women who are willing to share the underbelly, you know, the, the less glamorous, the, the things that don't get talked about and, Hopefully, if we keep doing that and we commit to that as women, particularly women who have platforms like yourself, right, and myself, like we commit to a narrative that is far more reflective and honest, I think we crowd out this polished, perfect, um, you know, standard that just is not realistic, particularly in this moment that we are in, where we are many of us in in survival mode and just trying to get to the next day with without losing our our sanity yeah speaking of survival mode I know you have three girls are your (laughs) girls back in school they are back in school and thank goodness Um, (laughs) like I I feel like it's um, I mean it's almost been a year right since life kind of got turned upside down and I work from my kitchen table because Mm -hmm. my kids took over my office for so much of this past year. And it, yes, they all, I have Maggie who's in kindergarten, Allie is in fourth grade and they've been back for a little bit 
and my middle schooler, Alexis, just went back a couple weeks ago. I don't even know what to do with the silence in my house sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that it, the, the story is like so probably long going from 2012 to 2021, but I want to hear about like the evolution both socially of fellow flowers, but also like the evolution of the business of social flowers because, or of, of fellow flowers, because this, this, you, you know, I know you speak and you do all kinds of other things too, but like, this is your full-time gig. So how did you see this as a business model and think, Oh, this can be what I do for a living, which is so cool. Oh, I, yeah, it is a really long story. So I'll try to, I know. I'll try to give you like the, the good nuggets along the way. Uh, I would just say on, on the front end of all of this, if you know you are meant for more than what you're doing, it, for more than where you are, you have to pay attention to the things, the signs, the universe, as they present opportunities to you. Like you have to be paying attention because the opportunities to follow your passion are in front of you. But if you're not looking for them, you you will miss them. Mm. And so I, I have to preface the story with that because everything that happens in that has happened is because I was noticing and I was, I was aware of the power of those, what could have been everyday normal moments. I was patient in seeing the magic in them. So, I mean, we ran a race, there were 14 of us and we clipped flowers in our hair and those flowers let everyone around us know while we were running that we went together and it was, it wasn't planned. It was just this moment of, yeah, let's do this. And, you know, we had trained together and it was a way for us to celebrate that journey. And it could have easily ended there, you Mm -hmm. know, just finishing the race. And what I noticed is the power of putting that flower in my hair connected me to these other women. And so just leaning into like, well, what does that mean? And you know, it was probably like six months later where I was running a race for my birthday. And so, you know, running a half marathon and I, I looked at my husband and, you know, I just said, there's something to this, like there's something to this flower and why I keep putting it in my hair and why I keep feeling this connection to something bigger. And I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm going to dedicate this birthday run and this half marathon to really figuring out what could be here. Like, is this, is, is there a business here? Is there an idea Mm -hmm. that, that needs to be explored? And like any good husband in that moment, he was like, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) See you at the finish line. Yep. And I really did kind of dedicate those miles to, is this something that more women need and what could that look like? And shortly after that, I mean, we took this idea into a business where, you know, we started, I think we started with like six different color flowers and each of those flowers 
represented, like they each had different meanings. And then as we heard more and more stories and we just listened, I mean, so much of this story, this big, big story is I just listened. I listened to what women were telling me. I listened to the stories they were sharing. And then we wrote and we mirrored it back to them. Hmm. And now we have 13 different meanings, different colors. But I mean, I remember when we first started out, we went to the rock and roll half marathon in Chicago. So, I mean, small business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember going to like the Menards um, store and getting like plywood to like jerry rig our booth. I mean, we were, we had, we had nothing compared to these big booths that were being set up next to us. And I remember putting our flowers out and other vendors were setting up and I'll never forget them coming over and just kind of looking at us like, really? (laughs) Like, what is this? Almost like you don't like you really think these are going to sell like you think that this is a product. (laughs) And I was I don't know, I kind of got this sense of just wait, like just you wait. And sure enough, like the expo started and women started to stop and look and they look at the flower, but then they would read the message of the flower And pretty soon you had women crying, (laughs) you know, Mm. reading these and crying. You had women who were texting their girlfriends, like, get over to this booth right now. We are all wearing flowers. Oh, my gosh, these messages are everything. You had women buying flowers for herself, but then for all of her friends back at home. And our booth was crazy busy all day long. And I just like it was that that weekend where you're looking around and you're thinking, yeah, yeah, women need this. Women need their stories to be celebrated. This is, this is happening. And so we spent like the next, I'd say three years really dedicating our, our purpose was to just get the word out, to go to as many races, as many expos, as possible and just talk with women about what fellow flowers represented and, and letting women ask us questions and share their stories. And we did not play small. Like we went to the biggest races in the country. Yeah. I mean, we, we went all in, we bet the house. (laughs) Like I remember, I remember putting deposits down on these expo booths that were in the thousands of dollars and just, gosh, thinking, oh God, I hope this works. (laughs) Like this is a lot of money. And the, the bravery and the courage it takes to bet on your idea and to know that your idea belongs in these really big, powerful spaces next to huge national brands and, and to just step into the power of, I belong here too. This idea belongs here too. And you know, we, we never walked out of, of an expo or a race with women being like, yeah, I don't know, though. I just don't get it. <laughs> like every woman that ever comes into our orbit, it was like, give me more. Yes, more of this, please. Like running needs more of this, the celebration of stories. Yes. And so, you know, we stayed kind of in that lane for a while 
And then, you know, there was kind of this shift of women taking our messages and starting to bring them into their everyday life. You know, when you think about things like bravery and courage and resilience and overcoming challenges, like these are not just applicable to running. <laughs> these right. are these are like universal in every aspect of of life. And so we we did really lean into we're not just a running community anymore. We want to become a place where any movement, any any story, we want to be a space where where that's celebrated and where those stories can be told. And I think a lot of my personal journey, you know, becoming becoming a life coach, like really taking on who I wanted to be, how I wanted to live true to my values, doing a lot of that personal work has just naturally kind of infused its way into, I would say, like the bigger brand and message that we're trying to get out to women. Well, and now you have the, I'm going to say it wrong. Let me hold on. Let me make sure I say it wrong. The Made to Move for Women Race Series. The Made to Move Women's Race Series. Ah! Yes, you almost got it. You the got Made it. to Move. <laughs> the Made to Women's. Move. Women's race series. Okay. Because yes. my, you know, as you're telling this story, I'm like, okay, what's the business model? What's the business not model? But I know you're like, you're a life coach. You do retreats, you do speaking and things like that. So that ends yeah. up being like big arms of the business. But this is this the first race series endeavor you've taken on as a business? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, it's been on my heart and on my mind for years, uh, I think going to all of these different races and listening to what women want, need, and deserve, I just started to notice what was missing. I started to, you know, <laughs> helpfully make suggestions to other races mm -hmm. of, hey, why don't you include this? Or, hey, I think these are really important questions to be asking. And, you know, hey, it's not just about a medal. It's also about you know, the, the, the story about how a woman got to the start line. And I think there should be more of that. And I just kind of found myself taking mental notes, literally, I think since, since we started and the timing has never been right for this kind of big move and kind of big pivot. And, you know, on the business side of things, I think that fellow flowers needed kind of its, its next, mm. its next step. It needed to step into a bigger conversation and it needed to just reimagine its place in, in the stories of, of women who run and in thinking about, what would a perfect, amazing women's race experience look like? To me, there's so much value in fellow flowers supporting that. And, and fellow flowers can kind of bring the story component to a race series, which I have felt is, is always missing. Because frankly, it takes a lot of work. Like it, you have to show up for that. You can't just ask a woman 
in a run registration, like, Hey, tell us your story. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the way that you get to the the real big reasons why women are out there training and, and moving their bodies. So it felt like, Hey, I, I think my legacy is creating that race experience for women. That is what they deserve. And that is the intersection again of story and movement and fellow flowers is just coming along for the ride. And it's going to be that foundational component of why stories matter. And what's it going to look like in 2021? And like, what's the timeline? Well, Hey, the best time to launch a race is during a global pandemic. <laughs> right? It's su- it's super fun. Like everything is super easy. Decisions are super easy. It takes zero effort or planning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, like we did all of the planning work. We filed like all of the, all the important paperwork The you know, we set the legal foundation and business foundation for made to move in January, February of 2020. Okay. So like, let's put (laughs) a ton of money out for this race and let's, this is going to be amazing. And then we turn the corner into March and, Mm. you know, COVID takes over and just, just ravages all these ideas that Mm -hmm. we had. And, um, it was very hard right, to have to accept and surrender to a different landscape. I mean, we we had a vision of a multiple day event where women are arriving on Thursday and they are experiencing programming, live events, speakers, and just we are going to completely reimagine what an expo, like the idea of an expo, we just scrapped it and we com- like we put this market vibe in and we found this great space and then we had to we had to shift our vision to a virtual race setting like every other race is right now uh so the challenge became well what can we still deliver like what can made to move still bring into the lives of women? And I will say, because we were a community of women for so long, and because we have this incredible group of women kind of with us and all over the country, we are leaning heavy into that community to make sure that made to move still brings forward connection Mm. and the ability for women to tell their stories. So we, we actually have a 10 day virtual programming itinerary that we're putting together. So it'll kick off on June 2nd, the race is June 12th. So we'll kick off on June 2nd, which actually I think is global running day. And we will run virtual events leading up to the race. And we also have virtual teams. So if a woman is signing up and she is just like, oh, wants connection, wants to meet other women and is so tired of virtual runs and being by yourself, training by yourself, 
you can join a virtual team and we have women who are leading those teams who are part of our community. So you will immediately have a cheerleader. Mm. Like you'll, you'll sign up. Like if you signed up for team strength, right? Uh, Amy, who is our team strength leader is going to be connecting in with you via email. She's going to make sure that she's cheering you on when you post your, your photos in the training page, like you're not going to be alone. And we're able to create that because we've been a community before we've been just a race. Uh, and we'll have meetups all over the country. There's going to be a meetup near you. I know that because we have um, a couple ladies from Indy who are planning a made to move meetup. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have them all over. We'll have them all over the country. We already have women. I mean, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, South, like they'll be all over. And then those meetups will, they'll all be free and they'll be on our website. So women can just RSVP and join. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're still going big. We're still not losing this idea that just because a registration is virtual, your experience doesn't have to be a lonely one. It doesn't have to be something that you're doing by yourself. And we, I think once I, once I let go of the initial plan and, and dream of how it could look, it actually made room for a lot of creative ideas that we might've otherwise missed had we just been planning an in-person event. You must be really like, I mean, June is, is coming up. I mean, like we, it's March. Yeah, I know. So I'm, as I'm talking to you, we are literally finalizing the last little pieces of registration. We go live with fashion tomorrow, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Okay. <laughs> yes. And that's, this will air after that, everybody. But so it's live. Yes. Just so everybody listening knows it's live. You can go register. Yep. And you'll be able to register. Uh, I mean, there, there'll be some dates, you know, as far as getting certain swag and things like that, but you'll be able to register right through race week. You know, it's, I was just listening to a podcast and, and the people were talking about like, I want to dream so big that like, you might be embarrassed to say what your dreams are in front of other people, (laughs) you know, like, cause you know, people, there's so many people in the world that are just like, I'm a real, you know, like my husband, he's a realist. Like he's just kind of like, you know, but I, I have the, I'm like a dreamer in my head. And I love the thought of like dreams so big that you like, you might think you'd be embarrassed to share it with the world because you, you really believe that it could be that big. So when you said that, like, we're doing this big, like we're, we're going all out regardless of if, if it has to be virtual, um, that really inspired me. And also it's so crazy because like, I didn't know you were planning this race when I reached out about coming on my podcast. Like I have no idea. And I mean, like I just want to reach out to like hear your story. And like, I've been doing this podcast for a while and and I know who you are and I know about fellow flowers. I'm like, I should have her on my show. And I just hadn't done it yet. And so it just seems so like perfect timing wise that you have this big dream and I'm like, okay, let's do a podcast too. It's like meant to be. Oh, it's, and it's always divine timing. Yeah. You know, there's there's a there's a million reasons why it just never was the right time. And then when of course when you reach out, right? I've I 
And I'm on the other end thinking, oh my goodness. And I have so much to say right now. Well, like, and you I'm could have so pitched yourself and you did it. And I just reached out to you. So it's like, cause I'm sure you like, are, you want to do everything you can to get the word out. Absolutely. I mean, we have, I, I love what you said about having big dreams. And I, I think I have been told many times in my life to be more reasonable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, not think quite so big. And I, I have started to realize that, and this is for any woman listening, when someone is telling you to think smaller or to think more realistic or to kind of check yourself on the bigness of your dreams, that is their fear talking and it is not your own. Mm. Like it is the projection of their fears of, of what could happen. It has nothing to do with you. Like you have to be the one who believes so fiercely in the bigness of your dreams that you have no time or energy to waste on people trying to convince you to play small. And going into, you know, planning made to move, we want to change the standard for how a women's race is is presented mm. in communities throughout the country. Mm-hmm. And we have brought in partners that are full force committed to changing that standard to having important conversations about the voices that don't get listened to or have to advocate far beyond what they should to feel included in racing and and in the running space and in any space that celebrates stories around why women are moving. I I want to lead and be part of and and invite in conversation on what that should look like. And that has to happen. That has to happen. And, you know, I I can celebrate um, on this call with you, like we are bringing in the organization and mother (laughs) led by Alicia and Molly. Like they are going to be part of that conversation. That's so cool. (laughs) And I mean, talk about a force to be reckoned with, right? Talk about, bringing necessary conversations into why should women have to choose a path? Why can't we have a wide open space to, to chase whatever it is we want professionally, personally in, in our racing careers. And then we're also bringing in every mother counts awesome. who is, you know, championed and founded by Christy Turlington Burns and this conversation around maternal health and wellness and the challenges and barriers that women have to access healthcare, modern healthcare and the burdens that are placed on certain communities. So it's not just a race to mm-hmm. us. It's a it's a much bigger conversation about what is needed for women to even show up to a start line. And that's honestly, when I hear Alicia talk, she talks about the journey to a start line. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to show up at a race. It's one thing to, you know, tow a line, but there is so much that has to happen before a woman can even get to that place and, and get to that starting line. 
And those are conversations that have to start happening in the running space. Those are conversations that races need to be paying attention to. And I would even go so far as to say it's the burden of the races mm. to remove those barriers and have those conversations. Mm. And that's that's like the standard that we want to set. And you know what? It takes a lot of time. <laughs> it takes a lot of <laughs> planning. I invite conversations that show me my blind spots and show me what I don't understand and know so that I can learn and do better. And I think if you just if you come into it open and ready to create a platform and a space that doesn't just reflect your story and your view, but you're you're just committed to making it a space that will allow any woman to look at it and say, I see myself here and I belong here. That's that's the goal. How many people do you have on your team? Oh, um, our, our everyday hardworking internal team. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have, there are four of us that are kind of day to day, um, you know, every day doing the work of, of this mission. So myself, uh, my business partner, Jen, communications director, Katie, our e-commerce manager and like all things back end for our business is Nora. And then we have, you know, a whole outer circle. We also have, I can't forget about Holly who actually manages our, like our membership community. So Holly manages roughly like a thousand women in our, it's a free membership. We call it our, it's our FF crew. So that's any woman who just wants the everyday connection to other women who are running and just celebrating the reasons that we're out there. That's our, it's called our FF crew and Holly manages that, which is, she's extraordinary. And then we have Angie who does all of our like visual photography and video uh, and many others, you know, who, who kind of have know, their yeah. hands, right? Um, but it's a, we always say we're small but mighty and we, we care, we care a lot. So how did you build your team? I always feel like, you know, I just have, I have one person who works for me and um, it's Emma. She's amazing. She's my assistant. She helps me with all, all things podcast related. Um, but it's like really it's kind of like scary when you hire people because you're like okay like I have to make (laughs) sure that I'm like staying afloat but like now I'm responsible for this person as well and so I'm just curious like when did you start building out your team uh well it's it's kind of a story on on its own because when we started uh you know I had a business partner um, Tori was my business partner for a huge chunk of the beginning of of what we built, and she stepped away a few years ago. And I kind of had this moment of, well, what do I want to do? Like, mm-hmm. what do, do I want to stay in this too, or do I step away and maybe go on to a different adventure of of mine? And kind of had to self reflect on the work I wanted to do in the world and the changes I wanted to make and the conversations that I wanted to be a part of and how, how I could bring my gifts forward in a way that had impact. And I realized 
I didn't want to walk away. I wanted to stay. But in order to do some of these things, I'd have to completely reimagine and rebuild what that looked like. Mm. And I think I checked my ego. (laughs) First of all, like Mm -hmm. I checked, I checked my ego and I got really honest about the, the things that I needed help with and that I didn't have, I mean, I know my strengths. I'm a storyteller. I'm a visionary. I can see things and opportunities before other people can. And that's my gift. So if I'm not in my zone of genius, then I'm not doing the work I'm supposed to do. And I think that's for any entrepreneur. Like, what are you spending your time on? And is that the space where you're creating the most impact and can have the most ripple effect in the world? And you got to get really clear and really honest. And I think once you own it, the people start, I don't know, they, they like Jen, she just kind of showed up and she's like, Hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to, I want to help you execute your vision. I want to be able to handle all of these things that are keeping you from executing this big vision that you have for, for changing, you know, the conversation in, in the running space. And so she, I mean, she handles so much of the back end of our business and the operations and she manages the day to day. And I will say the toughest thing is of course, letting go mm-hmm. and delegating and giving up control. But I'm speaking to the woman who's listening, who is wondering, but oh, what if they do it different? Or what if it's not this way or this way? I'm telling you that the freedom is worth it. I'm telling you that watching somebody else step into your team who has those gifts and and loves those gifts is going to make you better because you're going to be having more time to do the things that you're born to do. And I mean, it, we, I don't know, it just, it's organic. Like Katie, our communications director, she actually took one of my coaching programs and she will talk about how that program really helped her understand what she wanted from a values standpoint, what she wanted not just from like your paycheck and your title, but quality of life and, you know, how that work made, made her feel and what she wanted to be contributing toward. And so her and I were having that conversation and then I kind of asked her to take on one project and she loved it. And then before we knew it, she was coming on board and be, has become our full-time communications director. I mean, do y'all see why she is a life coach? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I like two weeks ago, I interviewed Ryan Hall and I'm like already hiring him to be my running coach and I'm going to hire you to be my life coach. I'm like needed to hear that. I mean, because uh, I, you know, I with this, I won't give up editing. I won't give up so many things and, and I don't want to give up the editing, but I know there are so many things that like. I don't need to be doing, you know, or like so many things that I could be doing, but I just don't know how to implement them or how to like take the next step. Like you said, you're a visionary. Like I feel that way too, but then I just kind of stand frozen. Like, uh, now what? (laughs) Yeah. So that is really impactful. And it's a process. I think there's this, 
this misnomer that you just flip the switch and you're amazing at delegating and, you know, you, you can just figure it out overnight. I think it's just continually asking yourself the questions of, is this the work that matters the most? Mm. Is, you know, is this the work that is going to ripple out the impact that I want to be having? Is this the work that's lighting me up? Uh, and the minute you hand it off, yes, there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of bumpy road because you have to also allow someone who's coming into your team, the freedom to be themselves and the freedom to, to use their voice and to change a lot of the things that you did. I mean, this entire past, I'd say two years has been a process of me letting go of things and at times it was very hard because the, the process that was in place had been there for a really long time, but it was keeping me small. Mm. It was keeping me in a comfort zone. And I think bringing people onto your team that push you beyond it and, and kind of force you to, to change things, not because it's what's best for the team, but what's best for the mission, like the bigger thing that you're trying to accomplish. And that's what a team, that's what a team is, is there to, to do. And I have, I mean, I adore, I adore my team. Uh, they are constantly and lovingly nudging me out of things (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's, it's wonderful. I mean, it's hard, but it's wonderful. You guys didn't know this was a business podcast today, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so exciting. Um, okay, so where do people register? Made to move women.com. What is that? What is it? Yeah, so you can go to fellowflowers.com. Okay. And everything for made to move this year kind of lives within our fellowflowers.com okay. website. And that's where you can find everything that we do. So there, we do a lot of different stuff you know, we have the race, we have fellow flowers, we have, you know, coaching, we have, uh, you know, a stationary line called tell her, we have a lot of different stuff happening. So go to fellowflowers.com and kind of orient yourself on mm-hmm. where you want to dive in first. And then made to move is front and center on that site. We're hosting registration on run sign up. So a lot of us are familiar with that platform. You can even just go there and search made to move and we'll pop up there too oh so good hey everybody a quick break here to thank beam for supporting this episode of the podcast i am obsessed with their new hydration line as well as their dream powder their hydration line includes an elevate performance mix which is a hydration and energy mix an elevate recovery mix which is an hydration and collagen mix and an Elevate Balance, which is a hydration and probiotic mix. They are all super refreshing and I have been loving them every single day I drink one. My newest obsession is the Dream Nighttime Blend. It's a CBD nighttime powder that helps you get better sleep. I have been drinking it every night. Once I get my kids to bed, I warm up some hot water and mix up the Dream Blend and it is a very relaxing way to end the day. Plus, I've been sleeping really well. You all can check out Beam when you go to beamtlc.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's beam, 
tlc.com and use the code another to get 15% off your order. Well, okay, everybody go go check out Fellow Flowers. I, this has been so long overdue. Uh, Mel, we always wrap up the podcast with some questions here. What's one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? I would like to write a book. Mm, are you doing, is that what you do in the mornings or is, are you kind of working on that? Like, um, I have amassed a collect, I mean, I could, I could literally submit all of the things I write on a daily basis into a book, but I need to organize it mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So if I have a weekly email that comes out that it's called Tuesday thoughts and it kind of gives random little nuggets of what's on my mind or what I'm thinking about. And I mean, just with that content alone, I could probably write a book, but I'm going to, that's on the list. What do you do when you sit down to write and you don't have anything to write about? Does that ever happen? It rarely happens, but I'm a huge fan of writing prompts. So even if you feel like you have nothing, you can usually start with, a writing prompt. Uh, and what I always say is you're going to write a ton of garbage. Mm. A ton, you're going to write a ton of stuff that is no good, doesn't make sense, is just blah. But you have to write out some of the garbage to get to the good stuff. And inevitably, like if you were to time yourself for about 10 minutes, that's going to get you probably one full page worth of writing. And it's always like the last one or two lines that um, I'm like, oh, there it is. Mm. There it is. And I can take that and then I can bring that to a cleaner platform and I can really start to write about that one sentence that was really the thing I wanted to say that morning, but it took me a whole page of garbage to get to it. Uh, and I, I'm a huge fan of Lauren Fleshman. Mm. I went to her, yes, I went to her Wilder Running Retreat and I mean, after you go to a retreat like that, you're never without something to write about. That's so cool. Okay, yeah. you've, you've inspired me to write. Ah, yes, do it. Uh, among other things, <laughs> this conversation. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get off and need to decompress. Like, where do you start, Lindsay? What do you do? Oh, yes. It's One exciting. step at a time. That's exciting. Um, okay, what is an accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, an accomplishment I'm most proud of is probably how I step into being a mom. Uh, I, I know the kind of humans that I want to raise and I just try really, really hard to keep the bigger picture in mind and keep moving them forward where I'm building them based on their values and who they want to be. And I'm not trying to make them into something other than who, like, I'm just trying to kind of be the bumpers, you know, like navigate them and let them figure out who they want to be and then celebrating that. Man, being a parent is hard. It, it really, (laughs) it really is. And I love that how you said that. But the the best piece of advice I have ever gotten is from my sister, Teresa. And she said, really, all that humans want is to 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 feel seen for what they're 
they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so as a mom, she goes, just mirror it back to them. Mm-hmm. Like if they're saying like, I feel this way, like mirror it, don't solve it. Don't yes. save them. Just mirror it back to them so they can be validated in that emotion uh, and, and what they're feeling in that moment. And that's how I parent. <laughs> that's it. That's such good advice. Okay, we're also booking Mel for Why Is Everyone Yelling podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. We have a parenting podcast in the network as well. So it sounds like we need to have a conversation there. I oh. love that advice. And I've been leaning into similar similar things with my kids as I've been kind of exploring um, you know, the whole positive parenting model and things like that. I, I, I prided myself on not reading a parenting book or anything like that until I had like three kids, four and under. And I was like, well, I need help. <laughs> like I can't do this on my own anymore. And, um, yeah, one of the biggest things I've learned is like, like when your child is like upset or throwing a tantrum and I know this changes, you know, tantrums don't look the same when you're not four, when you're 10 or whatever. Right. But like saying, okay, I see how you feel. I see that instead of trying to be like, well, you shouldn't feel like this or, you know, like you should be grateful. Just be like, okay, yes, we can speak to our kids that they should be grateful, but like sit in, let them sit in how they feel for a minute because we, we need that as adults too. Oh, Absolutely. I was, I was just going to echo like my, that idea of not saving people that goes to the friendships I have with, with some of my best friends, you know, who are women, they're my friends, not because they saved me from a, a tough moment or, or tried to offer what they would do. They're my, they're my closest friends. Cause they sat in it with me. Mm. They just, they just, let it be known that they were there. They didn't save me. They just sat and they let me know that I wasn't alone in whatever that moment was. And I think that applies to being a friend. It applies to being a parent. Yeah, that's good. Um, Okay. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, so I'm going to I'm actually going to cheat on this and tell you about the book that I have order. Okay. Um, that is coming on March 2nd and, um, it's, it's called professional troublemaker and, um, I have to, I have to look at, it's called professional and, and her name is lovey. That's how she goes on Instagram. I'm forgetting her, her whole name at the moment, but it's by lovey. That's you search L U V V I E on Instagram, you'll find her account. She's awesome. But she has a book coming out called Professional Troublemaker. And uh, that's, that's next on my list. Oh, I love that you pre ordered too. And so does she. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Oh, for sure. Um, Let's see if you could have coffee, tea or cocktail with someone fun, motivating or inspiring, who would it be? Oh, these are great questions, Lindsay. I should have sent them to you. I always do. And I totally forgot because we've been back and forth so much. <laughs> no, that's so I would say in this moment, I am a huge fan of Greg Renfrew and she is the founder of the company Beauty Counter. Okay. It's a cosmetics company. And it's all about clean beauty. And I've just, I've been a customer of this company for a long time. And I really enjoy following other female founders and other women who have 
built something from scratch based on a a passion and a conviction that something must exist in the world. So I follow Greg on a personal level. Like I follow her personal account just because I love witnessing the thought process and the reflections, the adversity, the, the bigger life components that go into a person, particularly a woman who's building, who who's like on the edge of an idea, who's, who's a vision maker and, and is always like stretching people to think beyond what's happening in this moment. And I just, I, I love following her. Wow. I'm super interested in that. I buy, I do buy beauty counter too. Um, and I've never, like, I hear that, you know, all the people I know that sell beauty counter, I hear them talking about her and how inspiring she is, but I've never, I've never given it a thought to like pay attention to her personally. I just buy, buy her products. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, and I curate my Instagram feed. So my purpose with Instagram is to be a learner. It's, it's, I love that. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you're spending, you're so smart. (laughs) Will you be my mentor? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lindsay, we're just getting started. Like when, but when you are going to dedicate your time to an an avenue like social media, like, I just think you have to know what am I coming here for? Mm. And so my, my feed on Instagram is to be a learner. And so I am purposefully following women who are doing the work that I want to be doing, that I aspire to be doing. So it's filled with female founders and female business voices. It's filled with BIPOC women who are influencers and bloggers who are talking about conversations that are important that I should be paying attention to. So I am learner. Like I am a big time learner on Instagram. Wow. Um, you know, I've thought about this. Uh, Billy Yang recently did this on Twitter. He uh, he just totally cleaned out his Twitter. I don't know if he did the same on Instagram, but just went down to zero things that he was following yep. and just to recurate it. Because, I mean, honestly, like, uh, especially Twitter, I'm like, I've been following some people on there for like 10 years that I don't even know who they are, you know? And so it's yeah. like, but I, I'm like scared to do that because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> but I'm like, if you just swipe, if you just clean, clean everything out and then start from the ground up, you can really decide what you want it to look like. Well, and you, if you're going to be a consumer of anything, shouldn't you be asking yourself, shouldn't you have a set of questions and criteria so that you are clear on what you're consuming and why you are consuming it. Mm. Uh, you know, when you're just mindlessly scrolling and you haven't, you're just reacting. Yeah. You're reacting to whatever is put in your newsfeed. And that happens regardless because of how social media is set up. But if you combat that with an intentional lineup of voices that's what you have to do. And I totally hear you on the, oh, but if I unfollow them, are they going to be offended? Are their feelings going to be hurt? But trust me, I've done it a ton and you feel so much better about your own feed and they probably aren't paying attention. (laughs) I'm going to have Emma do it. I'm going to have her unfollow everything and then I'll I'll start from the ground up. Then I'll say, I didn't even see, because that's the thing is then you start (laughs) clicking through and then you see names. You're like, I can't unfollow that person. I can't unfollow that person. But if you really want to start from the ground up, you just got to go all in. 
Well, and, and the algorithm pays attention to what you're paying attention to. So if you keep all that noise in your newsfeed, oh, they'll keep putting it there. It's harder for, it's harder for recommendations to come through that are really, really direct about, yeah, what you want to consume. So the, the more you shore it up and get clear on the type of learning or type of messaging that you want, that's what will become suggested to you. That's what you will see more of. So that's the other advantage of, I know it. it's hard to clean it and, and, and get it pared down. But the second you do, you're going to be that much more uh, exposed to the voices that you aren't getting to hear right now because your newsfeed's like yeah. too, too clogged up. The more meaningful stuff that, yeah, that's so, so good. Okay. Um, what's your last message that you want to leave the audience with today? Oh, that you are a story worth telling, that you are a story worth telling. And especially the parts of your story where you carry shame or you carry guilt or you carry I'm the only one or no one will understand. Those are the parts of your story that are often the most universal and are often the ones that we need more of. So keep sharing them. Don't shy away from it. Step in. And if you're looking for a place to do that, then Fellow Flowers Made to Move is literally waiting for you. So good. Thank you so much, Mel. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. This was amazing. And yes, it's definitely not going to be the last the last time we do this in some capacity, right? Right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Mel, for coming on the show. Friends, don't forget to go check out the Made to Move race series. It's June 12th, 2021. I know Mel and her team are working very hard to put this amazing race on. You can find Mel herself on social media. She's Mel Charbonneau over there. And you can find Fellow Flowers on social media, Fellow Flowers, as well as Made to Move, the race series Made to Move race. You can find me on social media. I'm Lindsay Hine, 626. On Instagram, you can find me on Twitter, at Lindsay Hine. And of course, Facebook, I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. I would love it so much if you would check out our other podcasts in the Sandy Boy Network. We actually just added a brand new show called The Urban Pharmacy, all about holistic nutrition. That is hosted by Stacy Heine. So if you're into plant-based eating or anything like that, go check out The Urban, H-E-R-B-A-N Pharmacy, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y podcast. Uh, All right, friends. You can also find Sandy Boy on Instagram, Sandy Boy Productions, and we are putting all the material, promoting all of our shows over on that Instagram. So if you want to go to a place where everything is in one spot, definitely check out Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a really great rest of your Friday, a wonderful weekend, and as always, I'll see you next Friday.